Welcome to Sammy and Scooby Talk Movies, the podcast where we break down what movies have to say about real-life issues. I'm Jake Scoobish, and along with my co-host Sam Brodnax, we're going to be jumping into a batch of movies about income inequality here in Season 1. We're looking at dramas and comedies, old and new films, and trying to answer how these movies address income inequality differently and what these stories say about how we all think about this issue. Today we're looking at Pretty Woman, the classic 1990 rom-com about a wealthy businessman and the romance he strikes up with the prostitute he hires on Hollywood Boulevard. Welcome to Hollywood. Everybody comes to Hollywood got a dream. What's your dream? When I was a little girl, I would pretend I was a princess trapped in the tower, and then this knight on a white horse would come charging up and rescue me. Could you tell me how to get to Beverly Hills? Sure. For five bucks. You can't charge me for directions. I can do anything I want to, baby. I am lost. All right, okay. You'll change for 20? For 20, I'll show you a person. <laughs> You kidding me? I come here all the time. Well, color me happy. There's a sofa in here for two. Close your mouth, dear. Who is this girl here? Does she work? She's in sales. Touchstone Pictures presents the story of a date. This isn't a date. It's business. That led to a deal. I have a business proposition for you. I'm going to be in town until Sunday. I'd like you to spend the week with me. <laughs> That's becoming a dream come true. <laughs> time to shop. So I would love to start off by just getting your your fresh sense of, of what you thought of the movie overall on your first take, the the romance of it all, and, and just the, the general, like, did you like the movie? Uh, it's hard, okay. I think I came into it because we were going to watch it and we were going to talk about it, so I was really trying to look for a lot of, like, social commentary. Right. And I think I was trying to view it through that lens, so I wasn't... I know we'll definitely talk about this later, but I wasn't too into it. But then again, for me, pretty much any rom-com that kind of pulls at, like, your heart strings as, you know, and, like, is, like, sappy, I'm going to like. And so, so there were moments that I was like, oh, I'm not really into this movie. And then something sappy would happen, and then I'd be like, oh, okay, it's a movie a little bit. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think as, like, a rom-com, which I really usually like all rom-coms, or, like, even just romantic movies... There were parts of it that I really enjoyed. Um, I think in terms of like a political movie with like some good political commentary, it was missing some points for me. But I mean, I don't know if that was the central like idea of the movie when they were making it. Um, And it was also, you know, like a product of its time. But I'm pretty I'm kind of like right on the middle. I I thought it was a a good movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd watch it again, but I thought it was okay. Yeah, I I watched Pretty Woman for the first time when preparing for the rom-com bracket on the site, and I really loved it. Um, watching it again this morning to prepare for the podcast, I still liked it a lot. It, it definitely doesn't do as well on a rewatch, mm-hmm. and a lot of that has to do with um, the power dynamics of the romance, um, which... Uh, is essentially between a man who purchases a woman for sex and then they fall in love with each other. Um, yeah. So that doesn't hold up as well. We're we're going into this thinking about like the the like financial imbalance, and if that's like what you're watching it through the whole time instead of like this is a rom com, then you really are picking up way more about just like how transactional the whole thing is. 
Absolutely, yeah. I completely agree with that. Was anything really changed besides that? Did anything really change besides that on your second watch through? Anything like you notice differently? I mean, we'll we'll get into some of this, but we're talking about this movie for like what it says about income inequality, and I I picked it as kind of like a, a fun one for this series, like. But I, I think it really does actually have, even if it doesn't maybe have a lot to say, like intentionally about like economics i think that's like that really is what drives a lot of the movie and also just julia roberts can just do anything she's just she's amazing that's the one thing i think i got out of this more than anything else like yeah everybody else you know yeah but she's incredible yeah as far as the romance goes like richard richard gear is like he's fine <laughs> maybe less than fine <laughs> yeah i was gonna say ah. I don't know, I feel like I've been noticing more. Maybe it was like when I was younger, I like watched all these romance movies, was always rooting for the couples to work out. Because some of them are really great, but a lot of times I feel like it's like, he's just like a sad man that needs someone to make his life exciting. And yeah. he has money so he can pay for it. It's and Yeah, it, it seems transactional and eerie and unhealthy in a lot of ways. Yeah, but Roberts is just maybe one of the best performances I've ever seen. She's just amazing. Oh, agreed. I haven't seen her in that many movies, and nothing I'd seen her in kind of was similar to this role, so it was pretty incredible to watch. There's that one part where he has, like, the necklace open, and then he snaps it shut, and she, like, laughs really hard. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, that was real. Like, she didn't know that they were gonna do that, and so when he snapped it shut, she's, like, actually laughing. It's so good. Uh, what? I did not know that. And the thing is, like, I couldn't even tell in that situation because the rest of the movie, like, her acting just seemed very natural so what, what were some of the things that you noticed in terms of like the inequality between vivian and um edward when you're watching the movie um i guess we just, there are so many things that pop up in the beginning though that's probably the biggest like they set the stage and they have both characters kind of like doing their everyday life activities and like even like everything is so different his scenes He's, like, at this posh party in the day and walking around talking about, like, oh, I just, like, oh, I have this problem, but it's not really a problem. Like, you know, it's just, like, he's living his life in this mansion. And then they cut to her, and she's at a bar. And it's at night, which is, like, I mean, just, like, contrasting the night and day between the two and, like, their lives. That's just huge in the beginning. Like, right away, they just, like, really kind of show how different both of their lives are. Yeah, that's true. I didn't really think about that, but, like, everything with him is, like, bright and pristine and, like, all, it's, like, white-walled mansions, and then everything, like, her life doesn't start until nighttime. Yeah, and, like, there are not many people of color in the movie, but all of them are in that bar when they start off in the court, like, in the... Yeah, or there's there's the one prostitute who we, when we get introduced to the prostitutes, and she, she hollers at the guys in the car. Yes, yes. Yeah. Definitely a whitewashing of the sex worker industry. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that was, that was one thing that kind of stood out. To me. Like, just the portrayal of the sex worker industry was definitely, yeah, I mean, whitewashed, I guess, and more fit with maybe, like, the image that they were trying to portray in the 90s, I guess. Yeah, and, and like, it's a movie, obviously, but, like, it's, like, super Hollywood glammed up. Like, Julia Roberts just looks incredible. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody, everybody in that bar looks like they're about to go to like some pop punk show. Yeah. Afterwards, the pimp is like this beautiful man with like this beautiful outfit. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, there's the scene, like, later in the movie, I don't, this isn't really spoiling anything, but there's, like, a confrontation, and, um, one of the characters' comments, I feel like, I can't remember exactly what he said, but essentially, he was like, like, I just tried to come out here, and, like, now I feel like I'm in the West Side Story, and that's what it felt like, that they were, like, putting into it, like, all the shots in her neighborhood, which was, like, Hollywood, I guess, um, just felt very, like, they're, like, colorful, but, like, in a way that almost felt like it was, like, a street musical. Right, right, yeah. You know, it didn't feel very authentically that neighborhood or wherever that was. Yeah, his his movie, or, like, his scenes at the beginning feel like some, like, period drama, and hers look like the Warriors. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Yeah, you go from, like, fancy party with prawns and, like, just, like, slight accompaniment music in the background to, like, yes warriors it's have, weird have you seen that movie no i haven't you gotta see that movie. <laughs> i've just seen the clip though <laughs> <laughs> yeah and at the at the beginning um i noticed the very first lines of the movie are no matter what they say it's all about money mm. and then because the guy's like doing the magic trick um at, at the party and then he says You've got it all, and we've got nothing. So it kind of is setting up that dynamic, like, right away. Definitely. We can talk a little more about Julia Roberts' performance, because I thought, like, obviously we were talking about, like, how great she is, and she is really great. Mm-hmm. But also I think it has to do with, like, the inequality idea, because she's really great because she's so, like, natural and, like, free-flowing and, like, happy. Um, and then, like, all these people, like, at the hotel like look like they've never even smiled in their entire lives they're very stuffy um and like all the the people in the shopping when on the shopping montage they just like are very stern and like like i don't know like good posture and unmoving i I felt like it was kind of a way for the movie to like equalize like the the poor people and the rich people like julia roberts doesn't have any money but she's, like, more free emotionally than these stuffy rich people. And she's just, like, cutting through all of that with her charm. Yeah, it's a really good take. Think about that as much, but her character seems so much more free-flowing and, like, seems like an actual human, whereas, like, everybody else... Like, George Costanza is, like, some, like, like you know, male bravado caricature the entire movie, and he doesn't even feel like a real person. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all stuck to their box of, like, whatever... Yeah, and they're all, like, like at the polo match, and none of them are, like... Like, they're at a sporting event, and they're not, like... They don't care, really. And then she she, she just goes... Hoo, hoo, hoo. Yeah. And the couple turns around, like, what the heck is going on? This is... Yeah. And then even the scene later on, where they're, like... There's this announcement that they're stopping the divots, and it's, like, this huge thing, and they're, like, the divots stopping, like, a year-old tradition. These, like, older people are walking down, kind of just, like, casually, like, stomping. And she runs out there, and she's just, like, yeah. Having a really good time. Is there anything else in the performances that you thought was was interesting, or like any other scenes that you wanted to hit on, or we could just talk about like the uh, like the relationship between Vivian and Edward, and like just like how real or not real it was based on the fact that it's like basically a financial transaction. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I don't. Part of me, I guess, it's hard for me to like derive as much meaning as, like, other folks would, but, like, it seems empowering, too, because it's not as much, like, there are so many lines when she's, like, I get, like, the, the, there is a line, I guess, when she says, like, it's kind of after she has a bad interaction with one of, um, 
Edward's friends, and Edward is played by Richard Gere, right? He's the millionaire, big shot, um, love interest. But one of his friends, like, is pretty awful to Julia Roberts' character, and she's talking to him later, and she's like, I get to choose, like, what I do, where I do it, with who I want. And that scene is, felt really empowering. Yeah, they, like the, they do try to give her some autonomy, yeah. Yeah, which is pretty pretty amazing. Like, even their relationship, as much as, like, a lot of it, there was, like, a there was a power dynamic there. It really did feel, it didn't feel like a lot of other rom-coms where it was, like, this, like, damsel in distress being rescued. It felt more like, she really felt like her own character more so than anybody else did, so. Yeah, she was definitely her own person. But then, at the end, it really is, like, to a certain extent, like, she needs to be rescued from poverty by the rich guy. Definitely. Yeah, and they kind of, like, make that, like, a self-aware story, too. She's like, I want the fairy tale about being rescued. (laughs) Yes, yeah. And then at the end, they kind of try to play it where she's like, like, what happens when I rescue you? And then she's like, I rescue you back, or something to that, too. Which is like, oh, kind of, but... Right. Trying to give give her some autonomy. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. I think another interesting part for me was like, and this goes with a lot of rom-coms. It was interesting in this way though, because it highlighted a little bit of like the income inequality issue, but I don't know if you felt less at all. Um, the scene where I guess he's like got this big business deal. He's trying to get done the whole time. She kind of almost changes like his, she makes him more human. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's, it's interesting. Like, cause like in any rom-com, it's like, the two people become better. They don't just like fall in love. They become better people because of the whole romance. And yeah, she like helps him realize that like, even though he's rich, his business is like not adding any value to society. On top of that, for me too, this is probably so pessimistic, and I'm sure if I rewatch it, I'd come up with more ideas. But I can't really think of like, like you were saying, in most rom coms, both couples or like both people kind of like help each other grow and change. But it felt like, I didn't really know if he had anything really to add to that. It just felt more like she was in his life to really, like, shake things up and, like, change him. Yeah, he, I think the way she changes, which might be a problem for the movie, is, like, like, it seems like she's recognized as more of, like, an actual, fully realized human being, um... Once she's, like, wearing nice clothes. Yeah, yeah, and can, like, learn how to sit at a table and use all the fancy forks. Yeah, yeah, it's like, she walks in the hotel initially, and everyone's like, what is she doing here? And then she's, like, wearing a nice dress, and they're like, she belongs. Yeah, the whole even interaction with the the hotel manager. Yeah. Bless his soul from Princess Diaries, amazing actor. Yes. (laughs) But that happens with him, like, in the beginning, he's trying to kick her out, and then he's like, wait a second. He sees her in that dress later on. He's like, "Oh my gosh, wait!" Yeah, so <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like wealth is like the real gateway to like being a person. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, and the portrayal even of not being that way is like not palatable. Like, you're not even given a chance mm-hmm. to advocate for yourself. Actually, one scene that was, or one sequence of scenes that was pretty interesting, and I thought did a good job was when she. Richard Gere, like, was leaving, and he gave her money to go buy things so she could, like, try to fit in. She was, like, at the hotel and not fitting in, so she wanted to go to buy clothes to do that. And even with the money, they were like, nah, you don't belong here. What are you doing? And then she went back, and they tried to kick her out. She was, like, stuck in this, like, cycle of not being able to, like, even rise up or do anything. 
just from being in that position after she had acquired all the wealth. Yeah, I wrote that down. That's so, I think that there's like over the course of the movies we've done for this series, it's like there's two big things that I notice about like wealthy people or like how less wealthy people see wealthy people in these movies. And it's like one, they have more resources, obviously. And but two, it's also like there's just like a learned social etiquette that comes with being wealthy and they like even though she had all the money they were just like no because you like don't look like you belong definitely definitely and then we get the lot my favorite line of the movie where she goes back and she's like big mistake oh yeah <laughs> that hurt a little bit i was like i understand but also no that person needs money <laughs> unless they're rich like uh... yeah yeah that was pretty that was heavy <laughs> yeah but yeah there's that whole scene where she's like she has to learn how to like use the forks and everything and it's just like she looks the part but she doesn't know how to use forks yeah that was one thing that was interesting where they kind of had little things they would toss in that she would do in situations where she was around rich people that would be odd and one of them some of them i, I don't know it like added some humor to it but one of them was just like she used ketchup and it's like what's like and this one of the waiters was looking at her like she was like like murdering someone he's like what's going on and then Richard Gere's like it's ketchup which was odd it was interesting thinking about like who was writing it and what they were thinking rich people would think would be odd activity for poorer people or like what would be activity that would deem someone to like not fit into like the upper class Mm -hmm. yeah so do you think Pretty Woman has anything to do you think it, it intended to say anything about income inequality or do you think it accidentally happened to say something about income inequality? Or do you think it said nothing at all? I think it intended to say something, and I think it did. I feel like I could always, like, I, I, between, you know, when we're just thinking about things, there's always things you could pick out that could be did, done differently or better. But I feel like it intended to say something, like you were talking before, just about the beginning of the movie with that scene where they were setting up, um, thinking about, the haves and the have-nots, I guess, and, and the way they portray the two characters and their relationship, and deciding to write Julie Roberts as a hooker, that was, like, super intentional and played out huge in the movie. How do you feel about that? I think, I think it did. What, what's, like, your, what's, like, your big takeaway? Like, what do you, what do you take away, like, in relation to, like, compared to some of the other movies we've seen? Like, how do you think this one differs, or, like, what, what's its unique <laughs> thing? The fact that it's a rom-com makes it really unique. A lot of the movies we watched before have like big picture effects on large population kind of commentary, but I don't think this really has that too much. It's more of like how that operates within individual interactions between people, like not just romantically, but also, I mean, socially when you're just out in public and existing as a person, um, but also romantically. I think that's pretty unique. None of the other movies really highlighted that like human to human interaction, but also like the power dynamics that are at play when you like are like a person who has lower income and you're like trying to go and exist in areas where people are rich yeah that's interesting because like this movie is about like the two of them like connecting like most of the other movies we've done in this series like the rich and the poor are like in opposition to each other right like like in snowpiercer like they're like at war with each other basically and in trading places like the old people are manipulating um eddie murphy's character and like the in the Chaplin movie, like the rich guy turns on 
Charlie Chaplin whenever he's sober and realizes what he's actually doing. And this yeah. this movie like actually tries to bridge the gap and like the rich and the poor they're not so different after all, which is like good in one sense and also ignoring things in another sense. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's something I really hadn't thought about I guess either in the movies we talked about like thinking about the fact that it because when we watched the Chaplin movie, I always thought about like oh this is a great friendship, but it took the richer man being drunk to want to even like associate himself with Charlie Chaplin. And I guess another thing, which is so bad of me, maybe I like, I don't I was so surprised that like Richard Gere's character was like as non-judgy to Julia Roberts in the beginning of the film. You know? It is a pretty non-judgmental film of her. Yeah. It felt like, it felt like in the beginning before, I guess they went back to his hotel and started figuring out how rich he was. That the relation, that the power dynamics of the relationship were really kind of even until I, you know, started just buying her clothes and like pay, paying for her to hang around with him. Yeah, it really is more judgmental of like the rich people's attitude. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And like, yeah, I, I was, I wrote down like it, like in terms of like trying to make them, the same, like he has that one line where he's like, "We both screw people for money," um, <laughs> and it's just like trying to put them on the same level like like he's like the like the rich are the rich have a lot of things but they're kind of empty and she has nothing but she's an actual person and so i thought that was interesting i thought it was interesting you were saying like it's different because it's a rom-com because like doing the rom-com bracket for the site it's like surprisingly a thing that happens in a lot of these movies like like, 10 Things I Hate About You, and She's All That, and You've Got Mail, it's, like, like men being paid to take out women, or, like, having a financial hold over women, and it's, like, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting idea that that's, like, so deeply rooted in, like, what romance is. Oh my gosh, yeah, and, like, even beyond that, too, like, the wealth of, I guess, interest and personality coming the other way, where it's, like, like a jolt of excitement into life and like one person yeah has money but is like downtrodden and leads someone to like help them emotionally and like make them into a better person like i just as your recommendation recently watched ruby sparks and that was also in a really different way someone who had complete control over someone but also in terms of like wealth but just in general yeah yeah, and I tunnel movies, I think, a lot into just rom-coms when I watch them. I'm just like, how can this make my heart flutter mm. and make me cry? And then I miss everything else. And so it was really interesting watching this, trying to focus on something else whilst, you know. Yeah, I think for all, for all of those reasons, like, I, for all of those reasons, I feel like Pretty Woman definitely, like, intended to say something about income inequality, but just, like, because of what it is and, like, what it represents about, like, how american people like think about wealth like good or bad like it's it kind of like said more like unintentionally too oh i completely agree yeah 